Today I'm happy to have Greg Thomas once again back on the Cubic Report. This is episode number 56, but this is our ninth podcast together with Greg. We have been covering a series of vital topics on the subject of leadership development. Greg is a business consultant, author, keynote speaker, and a personal life coach that I've known for many years. As a reminder, you can learn more about Greg's training skills on his YouTube site. Simply type in Leadership Excellence, one word, Leadership Excellence, on the YouTube homepage search bar, and you will find him. In the past, we have spoken with Greg about the importance of personal leadership. Then we covered the 12 principles of personal leadership. And most recently, we spoke about servant leadership, which was very popularly and well accepted. And now we are going to discuss how we can gain the most out of each day. That's today's topic, how we can gain the most out of each day. So, Greg, welcome to our ninth podcast together. Well, thank you, Vic. It's uh, been a few weeks since we had a chance to talk, but it's always good to share some time with you. I'm reminded of something Napoleon said. He said, a leader is a dealer in hope. So hopefully some people will find this podcast today encouraging and uplifting and perhaps help them to change their lives. Well, the ones that we've had so far have been very, very well accepted, Greg. You you mentioned to me that you wanted to give some statistics on our past podcasts, and you yes. haven't told me before the podcast. I want to hear it now. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Yeah. As, as you know, as I've said before, I take your podcast and then I uh, slightly audit them and add some visuals, and I put them on my local YouTube site. And the uh, ones that we have done together together have this is how many views they have when you combine them together 30,759 views uh, we have from the podcast that we have done just on YouTube alone so I think that's rather remarkable we've had some that have uh, had almost 6,000 all by themselves and so we've we've had some real powerful programs and I want to thank you for that and uh, hopefully the one we do today will be as popular as well well, I am sure it will be. I know that uh, I haven't done any podcasts here in a few weeks, mm-hmm. and so it's, I've been encouraging people to kind of go back to the old ones, and I'm finding that they're kind of recirculating here. Good. <laughs> people are going back, and I see the numbers uh, going up uh, on the ones that we had previously had. So Excellent. anyway, we're adding to our group here, and I'm hoping to streamline our playlist uh, to be able to sort the podcast. Uh, Greg, why is it that so many people struggle to feel that they are accomplishing something? It's an excellent question, as a lot of yours are, Vic. So we're moving from our discussion on more business-oriented servant leadership, and even though it applies to some of our personal lives. By the way, I did get, as mentioning to my wife earlier today, I did get an email from one of your uh, podcast followers. And he said to me, thanks so much for your series on servant leadership, but I'm not a business owner. I'm not um, someone who's a supervisor. I'm not a manager at a company. And even though this was interesting, it didn't quite apply to my life. So that's why I suggested last time near the end of our final uh, series on servant leadership to get on this topic. Uh, because we all want to live fulfilled lives. We all want to have a day that's abundant. When we close our eyes at night and we go to sleep, we say, man, this was really a great day. 
And the major reason so many people struggle to feel that way, to feel like they've accomplished something, is they don't live life intentionally. It gets back to our very first podcast together. We were talking about making choices, making those choices ourselves, direct our lives, rather than allowing time and chance to govern our lives. And uh, many people get up in the morning and they go through a ritual of unproductive steps or habits. They allow distractions. They allow shiny objects to to direct their day, to decide what they're going to do. They allow noise and they allow complaints and they allow all kinds of things to become their priority for the day instead of deciding for themselves intentionally what they really wanted to do and get done. There's an old Scottish proverb and it says, what may be done at any time will be done at no time. So if we don't have a, uh, if we are not intentional, if we are not designed to live on purpose and for a purpose, then our day is just going to be filled with busyness rather than anything that's productive or fulfilling. We're just going to be playing to someone else's tune. We're going to be responding to distractions, to a society and a media that wants to manipulate our attention and wants to tell us what we should focus on and the things that we should do. So many people struggle to feel like they're accomplishing something because they're not living life intentionally. They're not making those personal choices. They're not living life on purpose or for a purpose. They're allowing time and chance to make their decisions for them throughout the day. You know, Greg, my wife and I, we have a morning discussion. And what I did was I went through the opening remarks here for the podcast with her. Oh, <laughs> she okay. Said, yeah. Mm-hmm. Know, she says, I feel like yesterday, what did I do? <laughs> I, 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 you know, I did this, I did that, you know, these phone calls, uh, mailed out some wires to other countries, you know, and everything. Sure. And, you know, what did we do? And in some ways, you know, you do a lot of things, but it seems to be a haze of different busy things that, that you have done. And it might be good for people to tighten up, and, and I'm sure that this is what is going to be coming out here today, to make yourself feel that when you get to the end of the day that I have accomplished something intentional or finished something or be able to crack something that, that I hadn't done before. So I'm anxious to hear what you have to say, Greg. Well, great. And absolutely, that the, the purpose of uh, this podcast, and we'll probably do one more on it because I don't see, looking at my notes here, I don't see how we could cover it all today, is basically to help people so that at the end of the day, they can say to themselves in their private moments, wow, this was really a great day. I got some good things done. I feel fulfilled. I feel that I've really done some positive things and accomplished something. And that's what uh, this is all about. I would like to also know how to, you know, be able to have advice from a life coach on how to do things better and how to lead a more productive life. Greg, a lot of people feel a lack of personal fulfillment in their lives. Why is this? Well, it basically boils down to uh, one of two reasons. The first reason is a, a kind of a theme of what we just discussed. People don't have a purpose or a passion in their lives, and therefore their life is being guided by society norms, what our society tells us is important or what society tells us we should be doing, or for a media. The media has an agenda, whether it's social media or broadcast media, it has an agenda. It tells us what we should think 
It uses uh, all kinds of manip manipulative techniques to try to get us to watch more, to get more involved. And of course, that wastes our time. And then sometimes our lives are guided by other people. We allow them to control our time. We allow them to control our agenda. There's an old saying that people who have no goals or purpose are controlled by those who do. So mm -hmm. it, it gets back to first of those two main reasons is having a purpose, realizing that we have to establish what our daily routine and agenda is and not allow society or the media or other people to do that. The second main reason is that we don't understand the habits or the tools that will help us to turn that passion or the purpose we have into personal fulfillment. So it's one thing to have it, and I hope everyone has goals. We talked about that, I think, in our first podcast, a personal mission statement, creating goals that radiate from that personal mission statement. And once you understand what those goals are and you have developed a passion, uh, that's great. But many people don't understand that there are habits or tools that we need to use to develop that into personal fulfillment. So again, we're going to be moving from the business leadership that we were talking about focusing on with servant leadership into uh, life coaching principles. And these principles apply to everyone. Well, I'm anxious to hear. Great. So let's begin. Uh, how do you get the most out of each day? The first thing you have to do is you have to create some good morning habits. And that's what I would like to talk about uh, for a while. And the first habit is you wake up, that you get that grogginess and that sleepiness out of our our head and we wipe our eyes and we realize that it's a brand new day is to wake up with gratitude. A big problem is that many people focus in life on what they lack rather than what they have. And they really don't have gratitude. So the first thing that should enter our minds, obviously, if you're a spiritual person, is the gratitude for waking up, that mm -hmm. you've been given the gift of another day of life, the gratitude for family and friends. If you, if you have a job, uh, the gratitude for having a job and living uh, in, a, in a part of the world in which you have freedom to be unique. And I, I tell people all the time, if you live in the Western world, and I, and I think you can relate to this far more than I am I can because of your work in uh, Africa and other nations, uh, many people who live on Earth today would trade places with us in a heartbeat. I mean, we mm -hmm. are just so blessed. We have so many things uh, in our culture and in our society, um, so many blessings that are just there. And they provide us opportunities that many other people in the world don't have. So we need to be thankful for those things and start looking at that glass as half full and realize that uh, we've got so much going for us that we have so much opportunity. And even if you're struggling with a problem, find things in that problem that you're grateful for in that situation. And when we learn and begin to do that, it will transform the rest of our day. When we wake up with gratitude, even if it's a problem that we were wrestling with through the night, find things that you're grateful for in that situation. Let me give you an example. Let's say that the you know, terrible diagnosis from the doctor, you know, you've got cancer and you're gonna need, you're gonna need to begin chemotherapy. 
Well, you look at that, and obviously that's a pretty discouraging, uh, pretty hard thing to accept. But you can look at that situation and say, wow, of, of all the times to be alive in human history, the medical advances that they have on cancers today are incredible. I, I can be grateful that I live in a time in which there are so many wonderful treatments for so many different types of cancer. I can be thankful that due to medical advances, this cancer was caught now instead of six months from now. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. just an example of even when we go through a, a problem area or an issue or something we're struggling with, find things within that situation that you can be grateful for. And that's the way to approach that situation rather than with worry or anxiety or feeling sorry for ourselves. Look within the environment or the experience that you're going through for things that you can even be grateful within that. We can come across to others in different areas of the world as so selfish and lacking gratitude because we take all these things for granted. We go into Costco and there's all these samples and all these material things. And, you know, we act oftentimes like we're entitled to it, like it mm -hmm. just should be there. And we forget the fact that uh, previous generations had to work very hard uh, for us to get to this point where we have all this materialistic possessions at our fingertips and so many things that we can do. And that's why it's so important to wake up and have that humility and that deep sense of gratitude for the things that we have. And if we do that, then we certainly won't come across to other people who have less as insensitive or as mm -hmm. selfish, which is something we, we wouldn't want to do. So we wake up and we, we, we get in that concept, that understanding, appreciation of gratitude. And then we, you know, with our favorite beverage, we sit down for some quiet time for reflection. And I tell people this should be at least 30 minutes. In my family, I am the very first one to get up. I like to see the sunrise every morning. So I'm sitting there all alone. And, uh, you know, if uh, you sit there with your favorite beverage, take a, a few minutes to think about your upcoming day with no noise, no news, no emails, no distractions. This should be your quiet time, your private time, because all day long we're going to be bombarded with too many distractions that attempt to dominate our lives. And we need alone time to reflect on each and every day. So this is, to me, this is sacred time in life coaching. You have to look at that time as very, very important. It's your quiet time. If you're a spiritual person, this is a great time to follow an example of Benjamin Franklin. He said when he woke up in the morning, one of the first things he did was address powerful goodness. And uh, that was his devotions. And, you, you know, we can follow this example with our own religious devotion, and that may be a combination of Bible study and prayer and meditation. But if you're a spiritual person, there's no better way to start off your day. So take that quiet time, look at it as something that you do not compromise on, except in the rarest situations. Try to get up before anyone else if you can. If you can't get up before everyone else, find at least a quiet room or a place where you can be alone and not be distracted by noises. Again, don't look at email yet. 
Uh, don't turn on the local news and listen to all the killings and robberies and everything else that happened last night, uh, because you're, you're, you would begin to allow your mind to focus on the negativity and those distractions rather than on what we're trying to do with this uh, quiet time with these reflections. Yeah. Remember so well, you know, in my, my work, my ministry in the early years, and, and I was just kind of going through some of that 50 years ago, and I'm trying to think of what we didn't have, which actually produced almost a more wholesome mental start for the day. We had, first of all, no internet. You know, there, mm -hmm. there was no logging on to anything. And then we also, as far as the telephone was concerned, telephone, any telephone call that was out of your city was long distance, and you could only afford so much of it. You know, you, we, mm -hmm. we could only talk a little bit. Now, you're so tempted to see who wrote to you overnight. Mm -hmm. And if you work with international things, there's somebody always writing to you 24-7 all the time. And then not only that, you have all these pop-ups that come that say, hey, you want to see this? You want to see that? How about order, ordering this? And you, you try to just bang down those things. And it really, I can see, can create mentally straining condition to where you mm -hmm. get snuffed out what you need to do and you really run you're really tapping into energy that should be put to good use and i think this is this is an excellent point for us to consider yeah absolutely i tell people in my career i started out in my career as a salesman in the early 70s and i tell folks the difference between the early 70s and about 10 years ago when i left the corporate world to start leadership excellence when i started my career in the 70s I would travel from city to city. I was a salesman. And at five o'clock, your day ended. I, I spent most of the day traveling cities looking for payphones in cities. <laughs> there was no cell phone, right? So you're, you're spending half the day trying to find a payphone to call into the, the home office to find out what's going on. But at five o'clock, your day was absolutely positively done. You're at some hotel somewhere and no one's going to call you. No one's going to bother you. There's no email. There's nothing. You are free after five o'clock. Now, at the end of my career, again, which was about 10 years ago, uh, you know, I've got a cell phone. I've got my email dinging at 10 o'clock at night in a hotel. This customer's unhappy or there's this shipment won't be made. <laughs> so it's like 24 seven. Uh, a desire to create anxiety and to bring up issues and problems. And again, it's just this constant distraction. And uh, that's what we face all day. So that's why when we start our day, we want to make sure that we have that sacred time, that exclusive time that we are taking and we are we are fighting that temptation we are not going to turn on the news or look at our tablet yet or do whatever. We're going to make this private, quiet time count so that we can gain the most from it. And at the end of that, I always encourage people to use a few positive affirmations, particularly important if you're going to face something that's going to be difficult during the day. You can say something like, I can do this, especially if it's something we don't want to do but must. I can do this. I can try again if I make a mistake is another positive affirmation. I'll make the best effort I can if we're doing something that we're a little bit concerned about. I'm going to do my best. Uh, if you're a spiritual person, you can say, I am blessed. Uh, Psalms, the 139th chapter. I'll praise you. I am fearfully 
and wonderfully made, and all kinds of scriptures that can be fantastic uh, personal affirmations. The Apostle Paul used them all the time. My favorite that he used is in the book of Philippians. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's his personal positive affirmation uh, that he put in writing. So we can use these positive affirmations. And again, we're rewiring our thinking. We are expecting the best. We are hoping for the best. And we're trying to create a mental perspective and attitude that can carry us through the whole day. And even when problems arise, if we start out with the right mindset, it will help us to have the proper perspective, even when difficult things happen throughout the day. And as well, you go ahead. Yep. No, you know, it, it, one thing that you had brought out in your book, one of, mm -hmm. the, one of the sections in making life's puzzle pieces fit was dealing with disappointment yes. and dealing with disappointment, not only on a daily basis, you know, because we'll find things that really go our way and we're just riding high. And then when something troubling or something disappointing or something turns out not the way that we thought we would, it could be crushing. And I feel mm -hmm. like this is a very important, we need important tools to be able to, to go through this, not only on a day-to-day -day basis, but over the year or, or over a career of how to deal with disappointments and, and setbacks. General Patton said, you measure life not by how high you rise, but how high you bounce after falling. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know? exactly. And yep. uh, it, it, that's a paraphrase. I think it's very important as far as managing life is to, and, and personal fulfillment is, is, as we're talking about, to uh, be able to recover from deep disappointments and not get bitter or not, mm -hmm. you know, take actions because we've seen that you know you and I both have seen just a lot of that type of thing in our lives sure absolutely and and I think when you come to understand that even those disappointments have a purpose and they have a value behind them then it's easier to deal with them and it's easier to move forward no matter what you have to experience in life so mm -hmm. as you um think about these positive affirmations and you're going to come to the point where you're going to start meeting your, your spouse or your children or loved ones or the phone's going to start ringing. Uh, so as this happens, uh, prepare for the best for the day. Be sure to greet everyone uh, with a smile and affection, whether it's your spouse or someone calls you in the morning. Uh, studies show that people can sense that we smile while we're talking to them on the telephone. There's a difference in the sound of our voice and in the tone that we convey when we're smiling when we're talking to someone on the phone. That's what great customer service personnel are taught to smile when they talk to people. Um, have raw joy and enthusiasm and raw joy and enthusiasm, no matter who you talk to, is contagious and do this with your loved ones, do it with everyone you meet. If you uh, have a doctor's appointment, if you're retired and, and you have a doctor's appointment, go to that doctor's office. Good morning, everyone. Just demonstrate and greet people with a smile, with affection. Show people that raw joy and enthusiasm that you have for life because that is contagious and you are leaving an impression with people when you have that perspective, when you are prepared to have a great day. And 
in your home, if you haven't left yet, or so many people today work from their homes, or even on your drive to work, create a motivating environment. And that can include a lot of things and it can include your favorite music. I, I just want you to think about something here. I want everyone in the audience to think about something. Until about a hundred years ago in human history, up to that point of time, music is a powerful, motivating vehicle. And up until about a hundred years ago, the only way that you could enjoy music during the day was if you were a king or wealthy enough to basically have someone come in and play music for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's how important it was and how rare it was. Well, now, knowing that music can be so motivating, can be so inspiring, uh, we can create our own playlist. I have a playlist of inspirational songs for times when I feel I just really need to be inspired. I have other playlists that are just relaxing uh, musical pieces that I play most days, frankly, when I'm working in my office. I always have instrumental music playing in the background. Uh, again, you usually don't want uh, singing in the music if you're trying to focus on something very closely. But to have the right kind of music for you playing in the background can help you to keep an upbeat and a constant rhythm of getting work done. It uh, lifts up your heart. Uh, so you can do that. And again, the reason you should do that is because music is such a powerful emotion. Don't listen to music that aggravates you. There's some music that exists uh, that is irritating in my ears or in my mind that creates anxiety within me. Obviously, none of that's part of any playlist because that kind of music or music that is demeaning to other people is not the kind of music that I want to listen to. So you playing your favorite background music that you respond to can be a great way in creating a motivating environment that is relaxed yet energetic and productive for you to be able to start your day, to get your day moving forward. And if you're driving to work, play that music list on your way to work. And again, I encourage everyone, avoid listening to local news first thing in the morning. Uh, their good ratings require a focus on bad news. And a lot of it is just meant to trigger us, to trigger a response, to upset us, to make us to want to know more, come back to their channel later on. So we have to be very careful of the news input that we're allowing inside of our heads. So in the morning, we're setting the momentum that's going to carry us through the entire day, even, if, even when problems arise. I'm reminded the two women walking together. And one woman says to the other one, she says, did you wake up grumpy this morning? And the other woman says, no, I let him sleep in. So we want to make sure <laughs> that we're setting the right example, right? And that our enthusiasm is, is carrying from us and is the momentum that's going to take us through the entire day. Let's continue talking about some of the things that we can do to get the most out of each day. Yeah, and again, I, I want to highlight the importance of being careful what we allow to enter our minds and to allow ourselves to choose the right attitude. Uh, Dr. Alan Zimmerman is a, 
real influencer in the world of leadership and motivation. He says uh, that 90% of news coverage is negative. And he mm -hmm. says that, that statistics show that only 10% of the stories in the news have a humorous or a human interest slant. And if there isn't enough bad news on a particular day, the networks will replay old video clips of disasters on mm -hmm. anniversaries because that is just the way that they are geared towards presenting news to us. And we're allowing media to influence our self-talk and that's never a good thing. We have to choose and control our self-talk and uh, what we allow to enter our heads is obviously gonna influence this dialogue that we have going on inside our heads. Um, Dr. Terry Paulson said, we end up with people who have an internal dialogue that's 80% negative. And again, that's due to the media. It's due to our human nature, which has a tendency to go negative. Even if our thoughts start out good, there's usually a, a tendency to degenerate the thinking in our head into something that's negative. And so we have to fight that. We have to distract ourselves from that. We have to resist that. And I'm reminded by a, stating, a statement from Benjamin Franklin, because people who they don't have a purpose, they don't have a reason for living. Benjamin Franklin, obviously, he was a, a printer. He was a politician. He was a statesman. He was an ambassador, just a multi-talented Renaissance man. And he looked in the world and he said, you know, most people die at age 18, but we don't bury them until they're 65. Wow. <laughs> They've quit living. They're, they've, they're just going through the motions of life, and they're not really achieving anything. They're not doing anything with their lives. They've just allowed uh, purposelessness and distraction to decide what they're going to do for their entire lives. And You know, Greg, again, I feel so sorry. For, I feel so sorry for, for those people because this world is so full of exciting things, mm -hmm. so many exciting things to learn, uh, so many good, wholesome things to to, to look at uh, e even television programs like I just watched something about the new James Webb telescope and some of the new things that they have discovered putting new information in our minds creates more enthusiasm towards it it creates greater confidence with the things that we're learning and that's always always good so now mm. we're to the point where whether we are, we're working from our homes or we might be retired or you might be um, someone who's at the job is begin the work to the day and work from a plan. And if you didn't already schedule your daily tasks and calendar yesterday, do so when you get to your daily work or the point of time when your daily work is going to begin. Productive people achieve more and feel a greater sense of fulfillment when they work off of a task list. If we don't have a task list, if we're not doing writing down Point one, I want to do this today. Point two, I want to dedicate 20 minutes to this hobby. Number three, I need to do this. Number four, I need to do this. We need to use a task list. Put the essentials and the priority items down first and start with the hardest one or the one that you really don't want to. That's usually the one that we should start with as we begin each day. If we get that one done, uh, everything else is going to seem easy. There's a business term to doing this, and it's called eat the frog. And what's meant by that business term, it actually came from Mark Twain. Mark Twain said, and you know, he was a humorist. 
He said, eat a live frog first thing in the morning, and nothing worse will happen to you the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> so from um, Mark Twain's humor came a business term called eat the frog. And what that means is do the distasteful thing, the hard thing first, and do it now. And when you do that, because that's usually creating anxiety in our minds, right? And here, here's, I'm human, so here's what happens to us if we don't eat the frog. We write mm -hmm. down those things, and there's this one thing we really don't, we don't want to call that person, or we don't want to do that thing. So what we do is we make excuses to start everything but that one. And the mm -hmm. next thing we know at the end of the day, oh, I'll just roll it over into tomorrow. And then mm -hmm. the thing that was probably most necessary, the thing we really needed to do, we didn't even get done that day. So eat the frog and go ahead and get those hard, difficult things done first. And then the other things will be easy and they're probably uh, not as high of a priority anyway. And then continue to work through that task list. Sure, there's going to be interruptions in the day and that's okay. And occasionally there are going to be emergencies that arise, and that's okay too. The intention isn't to be a slave to the task list, but the task list provides structure and it provides a mental list of the things that are most important for us to do today. If you don't have a plan, you work on distractions all day long. If we don't have a list, then all we're doing is trying to remember the things we wanted to do today and we're allowing those shiny objects that constantly arise to pull us in that direction instead of getting the things done that we really need to get done. Now, Greg, one thing that I have done for years is reminder lists of, of things to do and prioritize lists. Mm -hmm. I started with a program called Reminder years, years ago, and right now I use To Do by Microsoft. And there are other programs. Oh, but sure. I absolutely yeah. have to have something that is a list that's prioritized by what's important. And I find, mm -hmm. too, that you know, in my work, I literally have 15, 20 things on that list. Some things will take about 30 seconds to do, and some could be a major project or starting a major project. And so what I've, I have a list of things, too, that I mark in a special category called pesky things, things yeah. that I don't, don't really want to do, but I have to do. And so in order to make the list kind of keep moving, I do a few simple things that require maybe only 30 seconds or five minutes or 10 minutes to mm -hmm. accomplish so some easy things. But then I always do. I try to do something that is pesky, so something that I don't want to do. And I find that after I get into it, it's not as bad as I had feared. In fact, if you put it off, it gets worse, far worse than if you just went ahead and, and did it. So I also have do things at a certain time of day that I really can't do at another time of day. Uh, I do a lot of writing and mm -hmm. I have to do it early in the morning. I, I'm like you, I, I get up and I'm ready to go. And that, that's when my mind is really fresh. It has ideas things that I've written down and put into to-do, and kind of combine them in, in that way. But I find it's important to have some type of structure or some type of program, even if it's paper and pencil, but there are sophisticated programs that are project managers to help you move things along and things that kind of encourage you and, and, and uh, keep a log of things that you have done. So 
I, I think that that's very important. I can't imagine somebody just waking up and not having some kind of list. Vic, I'm here to tell you from my experience as a personal life coach that the overwhelming majority of human beings in this world have no list and oh. really have no goals, no structure for the day. And it was Lewis Carroll. This is attributed to Alice in Wonderland. Lewis Carroll wrote, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. <laughs> so we have to have a plan. We have to work off that plan. We have to have that structure. And it goes all the way back to the element of the two choices that we have in life. Either we choose where we want to go, what we want to do with ourselves, or time and chance has a plan for us. And time and chance doesn't care about our dreams, our goals, our level of fulfillment, doesn't care about what we want to achieve or do with our life. Well, I, I really appreciate the things that you have to say because people like to have practical points that they can kind of wrap themselves around. And Greg, you've been just great as far as life coach, coaching in, in that manner. And I look forward to us continuing this discussion because there are many things like this that are practical. In fact, we might even ask our audience if they could maybe suggest things that Sure. Maybe cover on this. This might be very, very helpful. So, Wonderful. Uh, th I thank you so much. You're, and let's not let too much more time go by for the next podcast. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. I consider you one of the staples, <laughs> one, of the, one of the programs that keeps this podcast going. So thanks a lot. And also, I might just bet. want to remind our audience about Greg's two books. He has written two books, Making Life's Puzzle Pieces Fit and also 52 Leadership Tips. And people have told me that they have ordered this. I don't know if you've looked to see how many or not, but they're available on Amazon. Mm -hmm. 52 Leadership Tips by Greg L. Thomas and Making Life's Puzzle Pieces Fit. Also, I want to remind you again about his YouTube channel, YouTube site. Type in Leadership Excellence as one word on the YouTube homepage search bar and you will find him. That's where we've had 30,759 people already come to mm -hmm. and see uh, what we have there uh, on the um, podcast here. And I just really appreciate how we've been able to combine the technology of this podcast with YouTube and with Greg's growing audience. Thank you, Vic. Okay. Thank you very much. We'll see you before long. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for The Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at vcubic at gmail.com, v-k-u-b-i-k at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.